Hey y'all, welcome to week two of the Heroes Die. This is Will, the voice of your favorite half-orc archer, Andrew. Thank you for coming back and for all the positive feedback on the first few episodes. I hope everybody enjoyed last episode's Malice at the Palace of Wayward Wonders, at least as much as we did. If you're having fun with our podcast, please consider sharing an episode or three with your friends. There's no better marketing than a personal rec from a fellow gamer. And please write and review us wherever you get your podcast as well. It's honestly one of the best ways for us to reach new listeners. So thanks again for listening to another episode of The Heroes Die. So Rudy, there's a big rabbit hole for your connection to Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, it goes, like, all the way to, like, my childhood and stuff and everything. Frankenstein, I think, is the most iconic of all of those monsters. My favorite of those movies is probably Dracula or Bride of Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. But, um, or the Wolfman or the Mummy. Those are all, those are the big four. (laughs) Uh, But, but... Wait, wait, which I mean, Dracula, like Christopher Lee Dracula, or I mean the original Bela Lugosi Dracula, I, I think was, is yeah, an I was incredible about to movie. Say, Ru- Rudy's obviously a Bela people Lugosi. hate on it, but I think it's incredible. <laughs> um, wait, who hates on Bela Lugosi? Well, I well, the issue that. this is no, no, no. People <laughs> who spending Bela... time hating on Bela Lugosi, <laughs> a waste of a what? life, no, bastard. No, no, no. <laughs> what it is is what it is is people people Bela Lugosi's performance, I think, is universally acclaimed in that movie. The issue is, I think, a lot of people have a problem with is that that movie like was really a transitional uh silent to sound film there's almost no soundtrack in it uh which which by today's standards of movie watching slows the pace incredibly (laughs) it's boring as shit (laughs) and and also and also a lot of the movie is 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 very talky because it was based almost entirely on the broadway play so there's a oh, lot okay. of li- there's a lot of living room scenes in it. Sure. I th- I personally think that the lack of soundtrack really adds to the weirdness of that movie. Like it it stands alone when Frankenstein came out later that year, you know, and really blew everyone away. Um like the leaps and bounds in filmmaking is like pretty insane just to see what had happened in a couple of months. But I like all the things that a lot of people I think don't like about the original Dracula, I think are really make it unique and, and uh, a fascinating kind of movie that just like stands on its own in existence. And, and the cast is incredible. Bela Lugosi and Edward Von Sloan, who played Van Helsing were both cast because they were doing Dracula on stage in California at that time. Another and, gift uh, that we gave to the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And the, and it was directed by Todd Browning, who directed Freaks. So another very unsettling film. I love Freaks. Freaks is awesome. Don't know Freaks. It is a very, very unsettling film, but <laughs> it's it's super good. It's super good. And the and uh, the cast in that movie is incredible. How do you feel about comedic takes on your favorite monsters? Like, is the monsters offensive? Oh no, the Munsters is incredible. Great so it television. Adds to its building it's, yeah, on it. okay. yeah, because it. okay. the, what's great about the Munsters is you can tell it was written by people who really love those movies. Yeah, like sure. that's what's so great about them. Like, like those movies are just like that. That television show is great, you know. And plus, how can you hate on it? The cast of that show is incredible. I mean, Fred Fred Gwynn, like as Herman Munster, is like one of the greatest television performances ever. I think. Um, 
And, uh, you know, and you got to love it. It's the same episode over and over again. Uh, <laughs> someone someone realizes the monsters look really freaky and get scared. Like, like it's just <laughs> the same thing. Like, you know, they, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, a corrupt real estate agent's trying to buy the house out from under them. But, like, he forgets his glasses when he goes over there or something. You know, it's just... It, it's so it did the good. impossible and was somehow more formulaic than Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> like really saying something. Yeah, but you know, I no, I I love the monsters. I mean, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I think is like top ten funniest movies of all time. And I think that phenomenal that, movie. And and Cole, what's great about it is you have Bela Lugosi and Lon Chaney playing it totally straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. It's a better it's a better Universal Monster sequel than a lot of the other Universal Monster sequels were. <laughs> Pulling back though, I'm surprised. So you think Frankenstein is more famous than Dracula? Yes. I think I think image-wise, the iconic close-up of Boris Karloff's face as Frankenstein has more cultural weight than Bela Lugosi as Dracula. I would agree with I, that. I, I think I think Bela Lugosi's close. But I do think that the Frankenstein monster well, has more cultural wait, weight. And I think that... Sorry, it has, that was not my question. Oh, I'm sorry, go my ahead. My question was not which actor doing a thing is most oh. famous. My question was the the monster, Dracula. Yeah. The monster, Frankenstein. I would, I would argue that Dracula is the more referenced, more used sort of classic horror story and character than Frankenstein mm-hmm. because it's been spun... Like it's it's the unfortunately right it is the it is the father of all vampire oh, sure. stories no, no, no. in our I day, agree. which are I more agree. popular than the father of all z- z- whatever the fuck Frankenstein is. I agree. I, I, I although I would argue I think that more people probably read Frankenstein in high school than they read Bram Stoker's Dracula. Well, yeah, because Dracula's about um, sex, so we can't go there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and and uh, I think I don't know. I'd have to, I think I'd have to think about it, Cole, because like, because the thing is, there's like, I just think like, like you watch, I agree with you that like the vampire germ is like pretty significant and, and like has permeated every part of the culture at this point, much like a vampire would, but (laughs) Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, those two movies, like especially bride but but the first frankenstein too like you watch those movies and the sheer amount of iconic imagery that happens in those films that have influenced like stuff to this day people are still recreating shots from those movies yeah like to me like that i think the cultural impact of the uni- and, and and i and i mean this in a specific context of the universal Frankenstein mm-hmm. monster is is more immense, I think. Hmm. I would agree with Rudy on that. That yeah, I can definitely think of more images from Frankenstein than from Dracula. I, again, I don't yeah in the universal movie context. Yeah, no, I, I totally hear that. I was thinking more like conceptually. Last week, you all had <laughs> quite the rumble with a couple rough and tumble audience members. They put Sven, Eugene, and Claude the Clydesdale on the ground in relatively short order. Layton that was already on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> true, too true. Started Hayes. on the bottom, we're still here. 
A soggy and somewhat bashful Leighton busts out a burst of healing, bringing you all back up to, count it, one health. Claude jumps up, <laughs> crunches the drunkard in front of him with hoof to face, scaring him off. Eugene takes a couple of lethal strikes at the other, scaring her off. And one thing I'd like to retcon here is uh, Morgan, Eugene made a diplomacy check to shoo off the two remaining vipers. Hmm. Uh, you hit 13 with that diplomacy check. And because you have wild empathy, that was actually enough to hit the DC. So I'm going to retcon uh, the deaths of those vipers on his conscience. And he actually does. When he ran over uh, prior to the other two people running off, when he ran over and made that diplomacy check, asking them to uh, get out of here and let people just cool off, that succeeded. And those snakes did leave. So if there was anything expended in the destruction of those snakes, I don't think there was. Rudy, I think you were just using uh, Cantrip, Produce Flame, and Harold, you were using arrows, which were not really tracking while you're, particularly when you're in camp. So I don't think that anything needs to come back, but I did want to say that uh, Eugene did succeed there. And um, I think that's kind of a big deal, saving the lives of snakes. So I wanted to get that back. And Will, uh, you better uh, go ahead and just sand those hash marks out of your bedpost. Um, you don't have those kills anymore. And you're a <laughs> sick fucking man. No, like I imagine them good. just kind of disappearing away, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's friend's limbs in Looper. Like they just kind of <laughs> yeah. At first, I kind of got you confused with talking about James Franco, and I thought you were going to talk about 127 hours of Lynch. <laughs> it's kind of gone. It's gone, just like his fucking arm. <laughs> They're not there anymore. <laughs> now the good news is that when all was said and done, the crowd loved it. Uh, the professor and Leighton crushed a couple of diplomacy checks, keeping them engaged, uh, hiding the fact that you were using lethal damage on some of their number. And it was definitely a happy group leaving the tent. And it's a very Soviet circus. <laughs> oh, that's uh, their name. <laughs> uh, as they're departing, I can imagine all of you heading backstage uh, after the bows. Maybe you're limping, you're definitely banged up. And the rest of the team is there as well, milling about, probably a little adrift. Uh, some may have skipped the bows, already out of makeup, already out of costume, heading out of the main tent to the wagon and campground area behind the backstage area, so to the south of the backstage area. Now, you all see Duke sitting on a crate near a screen that's been erected, and you know that Myron's body is on the other side of the screen. And when Duke sees you, he gives a weak smile and he says, Well, it appears you did it. We will eat. And now, to figure out what happened. Do you need a glass of water, Duke? You sound parched. <laughs> I'll take a glass of water. <laughs> but as you know, years of fire eating have left me sounding permanently like this. Literally eating. Um, Leighton grabs like a little tin mug and holds it under the storm cloud that has gathered above his head until it fills with rain and then holds it out to Duke and says, uh, at your leisure, sir. Mm. 
While we're doing this, I'm just imagining Thunder's body just passed out, still fucking cold somewhere, face down. Like, have we, <laughs> has anyone tended to? So his body? yeah, there's a screen that was up near where Duke was sitting that's blocking sight of Myron's body. He hasn't been moved. There is a sheet, or the silk cape is over him. But yeah, the, something has been done. But he's still he's still at the scene of his death. All right, I think that. For sure, Eugene is going to want to go, A, investigate for foul play, and B, do some due diligence to his body. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you go over to the body. What's that thing he's going to do with the the shut cock it? Spatch cocking. You're not doing anything (laughs) of the sort to the body, (laughs) you creep. Spatch cocking means you would cut out his spine crack open his rib cage so that you could cook him faster. Yeah, you know, okay. <laughs> you fucking end. Let me go get the kit. Let me go it works. You so know? the actual reason I started telling you guys that is because I spatchcocked the chicken for the first time today. And because of that, I'm really pretty unfamiliar with where to take the temperature of the bird when I pulled it out 45 minutes later. It was definitely undercooked. So I have had some undercooked chicken for dinner. Put the rest of it back in the uh, oven for breeze. <laughs> If I run exploding from my mouth in the next hour and a half, I just want you guys to know that there is a sound explanation for it. <laughs> it's not just our gameplay. This is why yes. I only eat bok choy now. <laughs> God, what a curse. Um, yeah, bok choy is food, amazing. I had food poisoning from chicken once, so now I just eat bok choy. <laughs> <laughs> California. <laughs> Bok choy is kind of like the chicken of leafy greens. <laughs> it is good. I'll, I'll, grill, I'll grill up some bok choy. It's great. So yeah, he's behind the curtain. Eugene leads the way behind the screen. Eugene, give me a perception check. Humana, humana, humana. <laughs> Love this. Um, I should just be announcing this for our listeners. That's a three on the die. Mm-hmm. Or a, a total of nine. A nine. Yeah, definitely dead. Does anybody else want to roll a perception check? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, that's a 19 on the die for a 25. Very nice. 19 on the die for a 25. Nicely done. Um, Yeah, so I imagine Sven, a fighter, accustomed to being around injured people, perhaps Mm -hmm. dead people. Um, I don't know what exactly happened in his past, but... He is pretty comfortable looking over the body. It's business to him. You notice that his pants look incredibly tight around his legs, like they are swollen. He had diabetes. It does look that way, but you know that he didn't have diabetes or gout. (laughs) Was he He always did a good job of maintaining his blood sugar. Hmm. Um... He was fit, certainly. Uh, but as you get down there and you slit up the pants to get underneath, you see countless snake bites on his ankles, his calves, clearly envenomed bites causing this swelling. Look here. Oh, no, it's a real bummer I let those vipers get away. <laughs> I got one the of them. The slipped through our fingers. Our fucking crime suspects. <laughs> So, Drew, give me a medicine check on seeing that. Yeah. Um, it's going to be 10 plus 5, 15. 15? Uh, yeah. So, 
There's not a whole lot of more information than what I just gave, but Druk looks down immediately. You're like, those are venomous snake bites. If he was bit this many times, that is almost certainly what killed him. That was enough to like drop an elephant. I'll be right back. Um, and I'm gonna go try to get the body of that viper I, I sniped earlier. Mm-hmm. You run out, uh, give a perception check. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be 18. 18? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you nice. know where you dropped it, and it's not there anymore. Spooky. Uh, can I do, um, like, some sort of, let's see, like a nature check to see if, like, these snakes are, like, a native to the region, or if they're yeah, like, oh, absolutely. that's a hella exotic snake. Can I aid on that, please? For sure. Great. Oh, that's Aiding another 19 20. on the die. Uh, how much do you aid for, Cole? Uh, I don't believe I aid. I do not aid. I fail. Okay. Um, that will bring me up to 23, though. At 23? Yeah, you know that vipers are not uncommon in the region. However, this kind of behavior is very unusual. Right? Them being in the stands, them being in a place that is heavily trafficked by people... Out in the stands, that's unusual. And even more so, the idea that this kind of snake would repeatedly attack a person. It's completely out of their natural behavior patterns. Sam, was Mistress Dusklight known to have snakes or vipers in her circus? She she definitely had snakes, though one of the snake charmers, Elysia, came with your circus. Okay. Oh, dear me. Dear uh, is Elysia around? Where is she? Can we, yeah. Let's grab Elysia right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is yeah. Elysia? So one of you goes, grabs Elysia. She comes back. Hey, I heard you guys were looking for me. Hey, Elysia, before we get started, are you in a place where you can deal with some pretty troubling shit? I mean, it's been a pretty bad day. Probably going uh, to be worse than the last half hour, I can promise you that. No, that was a rough, that was a rough act. But I mean, really, Myron's death is kind of the hardest thing. Um, Anyway, (laughs) uh, what can I help you with? Someone said something about uh, snake bites. I want to point to Myron's legs. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's, that's horrible. Uh, Snakes don't act like this. And she looks at you, Eugene. For confirmation, not thinking that, not not associating Sven with nature checks as much, but she's like, I mean, Eugene, this is this is insane. Snakes don't do something like this. This is they, once he dropped, they would have been gone. They, they, I mean, this this is dozens of bites. This is this is not normal. Do you have any idea what could have um, induced them to such behavior? I don't deal with like having snakes. I don't have attack snakes. Um, I don't know. Uh, like Eugene, some of the stuff that you do with like Oscar asking animals to attack. I mean, does that is that something that like like I know it's I guess it's possible. Hmm. So Morgan, you do know that having a snake do something like this is something that you could ask it to do. Yeah. Um, so could an animal handler like her. She's just saying that this isn't like her bailiwick. Yeah. Hmm. Did 
you notice anyone talking to Thunder before the show earlier today or anything? I mean, he was talking to like everybody. Like I saw him talking to the professor. I I mean, I know that he touched base with you because of your act. He was talking to Jerky. I mean, he, I mean like he made the rounds. Yeah. But I didn't see, I didn't see him talking to anybody that wasn't one of us. Hmm. That is weird. Yeah. Um, Druk, and anybody else who wants to, give me a, give me a survival check. 18. It's going to be 12. 12 for me as well. 12. And an 18. So, Druk, I imagine you start looking around the body, um, spend doing the same thing, and, uh, Leighton gets involved as well. You kind of go in different places around it, sort of um, thirding the area. I want to say quartering the area. Thirding the area doesn't really sound that good, but basically all taking a region and searching around it. And Leighton is the one who notices a number of small footprints around the body as well. So there's snake bites on his legs and then there are tiny footprints. What kind of footprints? Am I able to tell? Yeah. Yeah, with that survival check, you think that these are rat footprints, and a lot of them. Like rat rat or, or Nizumi? Or um, Yasoki, I guess, in this world. Rat 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 rat. Rat rat. Rat rat. Rat rat. Rat rat. Rat rat. So I think, yeah, Leighton. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Uh, that's also very strange, considering that rats and snakes don't typically get along. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't notice anything about them, though. I just notice that in the area, there are also rat tracks. Yeah, there are a lot of rat tracks that are, like, covering over any other tracks that were in the area, other than the ones that have clearly been made uh, posthumously. So, like, you don't even see his footprints. Mm-hmm. Leighton... Leighton looks up the rest of the group and says, does anyone know, is there, um, I'm relatively new to, to my own magical abilities, is there a capacity for someone to dissolve into a, a swarm of rats? I've heard there's a very famous universal monster known as Dracula, who sometimes becomes oh, yeah, a swarm yeah, of bats, that's a... but that's yeah. a little bit different. Um, and then, I don't know, like an occultism check or... Uh, You have dug too deeply into the mysteries of the universe. (laughs) So I'm going to say that given the druid and a sorcerer in the party, this is information that you can just be like, yeah, that's possible. And if it's the case, I'm worried we're kind of fucked. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's time for a family meeting. Can we? Should we bring everyone else in on this? Peaky fucking blinders. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe not bring everyone else in and just keep it to us five for a second. Okay, so should I? I'll I'll who, step off. Who elected? I'm who fine. elected us, Eugene? It wasn't an election. I I do tend to agree with Eugene that there is at least for the moment perhaps an, an advantage to keeping this information confidential. Uh, th- there is a fear, of course, that 
an individual within our own circus was an agent for someone else in the death of Thunder. Absolutely, but like, what if it happens again? And what if the danger is still around? We need to tell our fam what's going on so they can look out and protect themselves. Yeah. Also, if there's danger still around, it might be helpful for you to find it. Yeah, it's very good. Keep on your water there. Don't Thanks, Duke. Just... <laughs> Sage words from the Duke again. Really appreciate your input as always, old timer. No problem. How about this, Duke? Why don't you gather everybody up and tell them that something awful has happened, as they know, and that they should stay safe and stay together in a in a protected location until we can all meet and discuss a way forward. Um, and we will try to figure out maybe what a potential way forward would be. I love that. I can deliver that message. Great. Please do that immediately. Okay. I'll go talk to small groups of people at once. I still have an issue projecting. Clearly. This is good. Goodbye! <laughs> Elysia, can you just make sure he doesn't fall or something? Keep him hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's the grabber, like we all knew was coming. <laughs> oh, goodness. That was invigorating. Here are... Two more healing potions in case anyone needs them. Wonderful. And he gives you two more lesser healing potions. I could use one of those. I don't know how much healing we all need. I'm looking for around a half dozen. I'm doing actually quite okay. I need about... I'm at two points and I could you could get 18 up. Well, we can probably just take both of them then, I guess. We have a total of three. Claude is not well, and Claude looks not well. Um, oh, Claude, bud. Yes, actually, you should one, take of those, one. one of those is earmarked for the horse. He's looking shitty. <laughs> I thought you left. Yeah, he's only made it about three steps away. You have a job to do. The yes, news every- is never going to get out on time now. Yeah. No, it's okay. Everyone was all together already, so I just imparted the, <laughs> the gist of what you guys said, and then I came back. It was faster than we said it. There's no way you said everything to them. No, you're right. I didn't do it. I'll go do it. I'll, I'll do it this time. Why do you look down when you say that, that you're going to go do it? It makes me think that you're not actually going to go do it. Oh, my goodness. I'll do it. Now you're looking up. Now yes. you're looking up. Okay. <laughs> No, well, just look at me in the eye and say you're going to go do it. All right. Don't look oh. at me cross-eyed. Come on. We're going to cut you off of water if this behavior continues. Okay, I'll um, I'll go do it. I understand. I'll go tell everyone what you said. You've forgotten it, what we said, haven't you? <laughs> yes. Can someone write it down for him and maybe pin it to his shirt? Maybe just have him walk around like a fucking billboard. Leighton pulls out. Leighton pulls out his leather portfolio and uh, portable ink pot and writes down a small missive, hands it to Duke and says, I will also remind you that as a part of your contract of employment with our circus, this is a sort of matter of your duties. So please execute them at 
your earliest convenience. Yes, of course, I will do that. And he goes out uh, with every intention of doing what he was asked to do. What a dream. Um, okay, so we have three healing potions. I'm totally out of spells, and I think I'm the only person that has healing spells. So, uh... I, I'm going to take a, a healing potion. I think I think Claude should take one as well. <laughs> yeah, Claude, Claude's at a hot one hit point. Um, it, lesser healing is what, D8? Uh, I think it's 2D8 plus something, but I will double check real quick. I'm going to pause, and we're going to do the healing off air. Okay, so you guys did a bunch of healing. There's a 10-minute rest. Cole, you were doing something on that 10-minute rest. Yeah, so while we're talking, Leighton like, is participating in the conversation, as we'll see, but is also um, sitting there, and he has these four like kind of hematite-looking heavy marbles that he's like rolling in his hands. You know, like those... Um, it's a Chinese Benoit balls. Yeah, Benoit balls. Thank you, Morgan. Um, he's doing that, and as he does, this like storm cloud around him starts to dissipate and sort of float off into the ether, and he is refocusing and reducing his curse state from having used revelation spells, which he'll have to do all the time. But it's just him sort of like coming back to himself after giving himself up to his mystery. So he comes back to himself. What else happens mechanically? Uh, so my curse state reduces. So I was at my moderate curse state because I used two revelation spells during that. And so I used to have this like huge storm cloud around me that was 10 feet around. I was vulnerable to like electrical damage. I had um, extra protection against physical ranged attacks because they would get blown away by the winds that whip about me. Now that reduces to my minor state, which is a much smaller storm, lesser weaknesses to electricity, oh, wow. blah, 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 blah. Um, so it's just like a, a lesser version of where I was at. And That's I get really a cool. focus point back, so I can cast a revelation spell again. You get a focus point back. Well, that's very cool. Mm -hmm. Leighton has done that. The storm cloud above him shrinks. Funny note about Ben Wapals. My mom had some on her desk when I was growing up, and I was a kid... And I was like, ooh, Benoit balls. And I got really good at just like, I could just like whip them around in my hand, both directions, easy peasy. Didn't They didn't even touch. I was like, oh, my hands are big. I'm like, what a, what a big man I am. I don't and think then I did some reading about them. And I found out that the whole point of them is to roll them around in your hands so that they don't make don't any noise. I think you're supposed noise. to use your hand with Benoit They have little balls. bells in them. Yeah. The whole point is to do it slowly and carefully, not as fast as you can. I think which supposed is what to be inserted. Year old Sam was like, I'm probably the best person in the world at this. <laughs> <laughs> A year later, I discovered masturbation. And boy, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what they're, aren't that what they're mainly used for? Right. I've you never heard them. I've never heard the word Benoit balls used for anything other than vagina exercise. You are, Rudy. So, I know what you're talking that's about. That's uh, my confusion. Yeah, there's women that use them for Kegel exercises. I, yeah. Um, or the similar sorts of things. But that's not the original intent. That's just one use. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough, Rudy's mother also had them on her desk. Yeah. So. <laughs> my mom did. <laughs> 
I don't know if I don't know if if Rudy is wrong. Uh, WebMD says Benoit balls are small weighted balls designed to be inserted in the vagina. They come in pairs and are sometimes linked together. That would imply that Rudy is in fact correct. <laughs> yes. Every once in a while, I am. Is the goal still not to make any noise when doing kegels? <laughs> okay. How do the bells interact with that usage? You were definitely wrong. I think you got to talk to your mom, Sam. I'm not, not going to do that. <laughs> okay. It looks like the other thing that they're called is um, uh, B-A-O-D-I-N-G balls. Um Bowding balls are used by rotating two or more balls repeatedly in the hand, intended to improve finger dexterity, relax the hand, or aid in the recovery of muscle strength and motor skills after surgery. They're, the thing that I was um, playing with, I don't think were designed for Kegel exercises, but were rather bowding balls. I mean, I'm not going to hate on your mom or leave them on the desk. It's her desk. Let's let them have this. <laughs> okay, let's move on. So anyways, I have a smaller storm cloud around my head and let's solve the mystery of who murdered our friend. And I can't mm-hmm. look at Sam's mom in the eye anymore. All right. <laughs> the last eight to nine minutes are getting cut, most likely. Um, oh, certainly. I, I plan on showing this to my mom proudly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look how you raised me. <laughs> So the possibility, of course, exists that the individual delivered the snakes, turned into rats, and ran away. But is there another reason that there would be a lot of rat footprints near the site of a snake attack? It seems to me that rats would fear the vipers. I agree. They are normally known to be foes in nature. Hmm. Mm. Sam, are the, are the tracks significant enough that we could follow them? I've had this question for like 20 minutes. Should I asked it 19 minutes? I know, I know, I should have. I know, I'm sorry. But this is on you, It just Will. seemed like you were going somewhere with your stuff. Oh, so I wasn't? Anyway, can I follow the tracks? Yes, you can. Give me a survival track. Great. I can't do perception? You can do perception. 19 perception. Alrighty. With a 19 perception, you realize that the tracks are going to be... You don't see exactly where they're going inside the tent. So what you're going to do is leave the tent and head into the campground, and then you're going to start searching for these tracks. That is what the ranger in you would point towards. And what was the what was the roll? It was a twelve on the die. Uh, what, what was nineteen the, total? Nineteen total. Yes, you do notice multiple rat tracks throughout the camp. If I can refer you all to roll twenty. God. Uh, give me a quick refresh on Roll20. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. a quick refresh on Roll20. It's so beautiful. So, yes, the southern and stage exit from backstage out into the campground. Over on the western and eastern edges of the camp, you'll find paddocks for the various animals. You see a bunch of wagons of different sizes, different colors, some older, some newer, all housing the circus that you this is how you travel around there's tents scattered around you'll notice that there's a stream running through the camp a small pool in the middle there there is a fire just south of it that is where the crowd or the team gathers at the end of the night small forest off to the southwest and this is what home has been for the past week as you've gotten ready for the show in Aberton. If you're uh, watching the map, I will ping for you. You find tracks 
somewhere in, you know, you're doing like a pretty broad sweep. It's not a huge area. So you run around, you find tracks here by Myron's wagon. You also find tracks not too far from Myron's wagon at the edge of the woods around here. And you find tracks near the Kanbali wagon here and also near Bardolph's wagon here. Who the fuck is Bardolph? Bardolph is a good friend of Eugene's. He is the oldest bear in the circus, who is particularly attached to the former bear performer, the great Fortunato, uh, who died a couple of months ago in an accident. Yeah, I can vouch for Bardolph. Extremely solid, dude. Do you think it's still bears, excuse me, investigating? Um, So the places that you find tracks are near Myron's wagon, near the Kanbali wagon, near Bardolph's wagon, and near the edge of the woods. Well, I say we, um, we, the professor speaks up, says, squeaks up, I should say, and says, uh, I say we split into three parties to investigate the uh, various uh, Rodentia tracks. Uh, Leighton, why don't you and I take on uh, Myron's wagon? And um, perhaps we could leave uh, the forest to our more nature-inclined party members. And, uh, yes, uh, he's already, like, kind of clambering up the ladders into Myron's wagon. Right on. Maybe, like... Sven should go with one of you. I just... No offense, just... Well, what? What do you mean, no offense? Yeah, it's just in case you encounter... No, no offense about what? You know what? Yeah, what no, would I, I be offended I, about? I, I, never mind. You guys will be fine. Good luck. Hell yeah. And Leighton high-fives the professor. <laughs> yes. Ow, ow, ow. No <laughs> young strength, son. Yes. <laughs> Eugene, would you like to talk to your Bardal friend? Yeah, I'm always down to chat with my man Bardolph. Okay, but be tough but fair with him. Don't let anything slide, even if you do have a good rapport with him, okay? Oh, Sven. Please. Bardolph? He's a straight shooter. <laughs> okay, you've said this before, but just in case he's not pulling the wool over your eyes, no? This is Myron's death we're talking about. He doesn't know anything but utmost honesty. <laughs> we're talking about a bear that couldn't lie. If you had a full plate of fresh salmon for him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Good luck putting the screws to him. (laughs) Look, I'll walk him through the ringer, but I can promise you, this bear pulls no punches. (laughs) I don't know what side we're on anymore. (laughs) Uh, what was the, the southernmost carriage one, did you say, Sam? The southernmost carriage is the Kanbali's wagon. Yes, I will check out the Kanbali's. All right, cool. So we're going to do... Just, Sven, light touch. Let's remember that we asked them to perform a lot of aerial tricks without a net. Yes, yes, but I, I, I don't think I have much room to do heavy touch at this point. My bones still feel rather bruised. I actually came out the most unscathed. <laughs> Um, I am putting little circles on all of the areas of interest, or near all of the areas of interest. They're not particularly good circles, but they're what we're working with. Boom, boom, boom. 
People want to move themselves to where they're investigating. He's very good. Sam, I think you said this one was the one I moved Eugene to. Is that the one that Bartoff is at? That is the one that Bartoff is in, yes. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Um, Drac, do you want to handle the forest ranger that you are? Or are you sticking with you, Eugene, over there? Still not a ranger anymore. Um, but Okay, can you, absolutely you can say that. whatever you want. Wow, animosity <laughs> in the group already. <laughs> okay. Let's start off with Leighton and the Professor at Myron's Wagon. Be a good lad, Leighton, and uh, just uh, give me a leg up, please. Uh, Claude, would you mind helping the Professor? Ah, yeah, uh, put me down, you hooved beast. Thank you. <laughs> professor, and, uh... please. You requested aid, and Claude provided it. Just like my best friend is wont to yeah. do. So you guys head to Myron's Wagon. <laughs> Uh, there's colorful banners on each side of it advertising the Circus of Wayward Wonders in big, bold, red letters. Uh, it's surrounded by images depicting some of the most famous acts in the show, including the Featherfall Five, Elysia and Mr. Tickles, and Eugene and Oscar. Yeah. There are three steps leading up to the door at the wagon's rear. There's a large golden knob on it. Sorry, I just have like four or five more horse antics I'd like to do, Sam. You kind of cut us off in the middle of the horse yeah. antics. You're so right, I, like I did. It. Let's get that on B-roll at the end of this <laughs> session. I think um, Sam wants us to rein it in. Yeah, you know, just to make sure that we get like some really, really good content for our listeners, could you guys just stick around for an hour after we finish like the story part? And then we'll just like roll horse antics. Whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Morgan. I have a list. <laughs> Rudy, this is Backwards criminal. Um, now, now, hey, look, I don't want to be a naysayer, <laughs> but I do want to try to Christ. keep the story All right. moving. All right, let's let's get it along. Is the golden knob locked and or sexual? The golden knob, not sexual. Oh, the good. golden knob, you reach up, you try the door, it's locked. Uh, so uh, the professor will uh, look both ways and uh, sort of uh, sh- he shoots uh, shoots the cuffs of his sh- of his shirt and. Uh, uh, small thievery uh, lock-picking tools uh, spring up from uh, the depths of his sleeves into his hands. Rudy, those... I have those. You have those. You purchased those? Awesome. I have those. They are in my gear right now. Give us a shot. Pick the lock. Professor, must we come Absolutely, crime my crime dear crime? boy. Absolutely. Oh. I wonder <laughs> if maybe we could gain access in a more... Uh, that is a 17 on the... As a 17 theory check for uh, picking a lock. Yep, you're in there with uh, with like a rake. You got your tension yeah, rod tension in there as well. So and then you hear it. And presto! And you realize that you need one more pick a lock tr- uh, check in order to spring oh, this dear, door. Oh, dear, dear, Oh, dear, dear, dear. A little more complicated, Byron, than I had anticipated, but clever man that you are, to get a- of course you would have that one extra lock. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Layton, please! I must concentrate. I just don't see why we need to commit a crime in this instance. Woo! That is a one on the die! <laughs> so, you... And your rake breaks off in the lock, jamming it permanently. Wonderful. Yes, God forbid we go and see if there's a key on the dead body of the man who lived in the wagon. 
No, we have to pick the lock because we're degenerates. <laughs> I suppose we uh, could have checked under Quad. the lock of Matt. <laughs> yes, indeed. Instead, I have to call in a favor. Leighton turns to Claude, grabs him by the snout, looks him deep in the eyes and says, Can you kick in this door just this one time? <laughs> And we cut away to Eugene at Bardolph's wagon. Bardolph is the oldest of the circus bears. Uh, he's been something of a beloved mascot. He's not performing anymore ever since the great Fortunato. I said he was killed in an accident. He was actually robbed and killed in an alleyway in Escadar. Now, Myron couldn't stand leaving the bear behind in Mistress Dusklight's service. So he took the bear and the Great Fortunato's Wagon. That's where Bardolph lives. So he is not performing, but he does help out from time to time you with the other uh, tricks that are going on with bears, right? He's like an old hand. You can communicate with him. He can help communicate with the bears, show some stuff off, but he's retired. He's an old timer. So the wagon is large. Uh, you know that you've been in before. Uh, it's decorated with posters of Bardolph and the great Fortunato, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Bardolph got a foot injury a week ago in another town. So he was, um, he's been in his wagon for a little while. Uh, the door has a rope that can go from one side to the other, uh, like where a door handle would normally be so that he can pull the door closed after himself. He doesn't speak, though. <laughs> I know. So you knock. <laughs> Making sure that he knows I'm coming. Yeah, so you knock. Never sneak up on a beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit. Wisdom. Ardolf, my man. Boy, do I have a story for you. First and foremost. do you Are you opening the door or are you delivering this to a closed door? This is to a closed door. Okay. First and foremost... I gotta tell you about that Oscar, dude. <laughs> Young whippersnapper almost took my head off today. <laughs> that dude is crazy. I love him. <laughs> Yo, but for real, open up. I got some news. I'm gonna try and slowly push the door open. Give me a diplomacy check. Mm-hmm. Sorry, so it's a 15 on the die. I don't know my diplomacy score by heart. Plus four, so a 19. 19. Mm-hmm. So nothing happens after you say that. Bardolph? And then you hear <laughs> a low growl coming from the wagon. Bardolph. And you hear... Dude. <sighs> Brother, it's me, your man Eugene. The door starts to edge open just a little bit. A nose comes out in the muzzle, followed by eyes, and its teeth are showing, the lips rippling above them, and he looks more upset than you have ever seen him. I want to cast Detect Magic. You cast Detect Magic. You don't sense any magic. He's him. He's just him. Give me a perception check. 
Oh, fuck my life. It's a three on the die for a nine all day. Okay, so that's the perception check. I don't think that's the only thing that's relevant here, though. So... Yeah, can I roll nature on an animal? Yeah, you can roll nature. Um, <clears throat> forgive me, I'm blanking on it right now. Is there a sense motive? It's a, equivalent? It's a subdivision of perception. Subdivision of perception. Okay, so yeah, we'll 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 set that aside since the perception roll wasn't great. Uh, yeah, you can roll nature. Okay. Okay, here we go. Sixteen. Yeah, you think that this bear may have been the subject of some kind of charm spell. Yeah. Now, without getting into a long tangent, right? Is there a reason that nothing would come up undetect magic, but then I would think that for some other reason? Do you see what, do you know what I'm asking? Yeah, absolutely. So the way I'm thinking about this is, right, this bear was charmed, right? I know that. The residue of that spell isn't detecting undetect magic. He's not emanating it. He's not a source of magic right now. And detect magic, I don't believe, would show the effects of charm person. Okay. That's up to a perception check for noticing that the bear is acting weird. But we already know that the bear is acting weird. Mm -hmm. I'm giving a nature check to you because this is an animal who may have been charmed. And I think that's similar to a perception check. You see a like certain cloudiness, a certain like he is not himself. Yeah. What do you say to him? Okay, Bardo. Buddy. Is there anything I can do right now to talk you off a ledge? How's he responding? A lot of that. He's still just like, but but he's holding he's holding himself back. He recognized to a certain degree that this is that you are not an an enemy, but it looks yeah. like he was expecting an enemy. Bardolf, look, dude. I don't even know if you're in there right now. But I just gotta tell you, Thunder's dead. And we don't think it was honest. Got bitten by a bunch of snakes. And then a group of rats paraded around his body and ran away. And I I need your help, dude. Cause Oscar, he's just a kid. He's fucking all kinds of fucked up about this. And I don't know, man. I need your help. And that nose comes up. <laughs> And his head comes at you and hits you right in the shoulder. Yeah. And then he nuzzles his snout into your armpit and under your arm, takes a deep breath, sighs, and wraps himself up around you. And is clearly in some kind of hurt right now. Yeah. Inside. All right, big guy. Cut away. Back to Leighton and the professor. Claude, give me an athletics check to try to knock down that door. That's a 23. A 23. 
the door rebounds off of the frame, falls out. 15 to hit Claude's AC. Uh, great. I No, I don't think so. I think he has a, yeah, 16. Okay, 16. Claude backs out as this big, colorful cloud tries to whack him in the face. Cut over to Andruk, who's on the edge of the forest right now. You hear what's going on behind you as you're in, as you're engaging with the tracks in front of you that are leading off into the woods. What do you do? Do you pursue the tracks or do you head back to the wagon? Oh, hell no. He's going to head back to the wagon. Okay. Andruk begins to head back to the wagon. Sven, same thing is happening for you. You're at the Kambali's wagon. The Kambali's also still alive. So if you wanted to talk to the Kambali's about it, would you be at their wagon or do you want to talk to the Kambali's who are up north uh, with some of the other roustabouts uh, near the paddocks to the northeast side of the campment? Um, I would say I would still want to investigate the fact that there's all these like footprints around the wagon itself just to see maybe if there's like any clear point of entry. Yeah, no, I, I would still want to check inside the wagon. Okay, so Sven is down at the wagon uh, about 25 feet away or 20 feet away from you. Claude has clearly been attacked. Do you stay at your wagon or do you go back to the other wagon? I do hear it, correct? You do hear it, yeah. Okay, in that case, yeah, uh, Sven would abandon the the wagon and head towards the sound. Absolutely. Heard, heard, heard. Y'all have heard that. I'm going to remove Eugene from this encounter right now, though we'll ask for a perception check at the end of the first round. Everybody roll for initiative. All right, everybody, do you see yourselves in the initiative tracker? Yes. Yes. Sweet initiative, Cole. Thanks, bro. That's a um, natural nice. 20. Noise. For a hot 24. Professor rolled a 18 for a total of 22. Druck rolled a 17. And uh, Sven rolled a 10 uh, for a total of 16. Nice. Dude, nice. Fucking holy Ouch. shit, Ben. Yeah. A six per sepi. Nice. I took control of Claude and moved him to where I think it made the most sense for him to have kicked in a door from. Cool. My trap, however, rolled a 27. And only, if everybody's where they are, only Claude can see what's going on. As he gets lit up with a bunch more clouds of some colorful amorphous dust. That's going to be a 26 to hit Claude. Oh, that'll do it. That'll do it. Alrighty, I'm going to need a fortitude save. As Claude takes two points of poison damage. And... Would you like to tell me how a 29 on a natural 20 treats the fortitude save? Sam! Uh, Yes, that natural 20 20 passes. And another cloud comes out. Does a critical success do anything extra, though? That's Mm-mm. that's my cue. Eh, right. uh, no, there is there is no effect for a uh, for a critical success. So that's how much 20th, damage was that? I'm sorry. Two two points of poison damage. Thank you. That is going to be a 23 to hit. Got him. All right, one point of poison damage, and give me another fortitude save. Uh, that is a 23. 23. That is a success. 
Listen, Cloud's got a plus nine fortitude. He is not concerned about your clouds. Absolutely. That's another hit. That is going to be four points of poison damage. Another fortitude save. 22. 22. That is a success. And a 25 to hit. Sam, you're allowed to like roll low. Yeah. You know that, right? That is going to be eight points of poison damage. 16. And a 16. A 16 is a failure. Oh, shit. Are you shitting me? Yes. uh, We said fortitude saves for the horse. They're actually will saves. Uh, Don't worry about retconning all of that. That was my mistake. However, I imagine his fortitude is higher than his will, so that is still a fail. He is confused for one round and takes a minus two status penalty to perception checks and saves against mental effects for 1d4 hours. Okay. 1d4 hours is going to look like... 18 hours. Four hours. (laughs) Maximum horas. Minus two to perception and what? Saves on mental effects? Saves against mental effects, yeah. Poor horse, man. He's a sail. Oh, there's poor horse. If somebody hadn't fucked up the thievery check, Claude would be feeling a lot better. This is not the time. <laughs> Next up in the initiative, it is Layton's turn. Layton, what do you do? You should have just let me get the key. <laughs> Layton is going to. Um, I'd like to roll a. Is it an Arcana check here, Sam? What's what's my what's my knowledge basis? Uh, nature, but nature. you can't see from there. Okay, well, fine. I'll fucking walk over here. You look in. And you see these colorful, vase-shaped, almost glowing, enormous orchid bulbs that are like two feet high and are belching forth this dusty, gaseous pollen something? Word. Uh, Leighton keenly observes them and as a traveler of the roads, ere long, rolls a nature check. That's a nine total. You don't know what what's going on with them. But um, can I? I'm gonna use my final action. I'm gonna yell out to the professor. Uh, actually, I'm gonna yell out, Eugene. I'm hoping to get his attention, and then I'm trying to get Claude out of there. Ooh, I don't think that is. It is not sufficient. Um, so Claude is no, confused. Yeah, too too distressed. Leighton is trying to like get him by the reins and like push him out and away and soothe him and Claude is just thrashing and fighting back. Um, and that is the end of my turn. It's almost the end of your turn, but we gotta roll and see what exactly happened with your friend and mine, Claude the horse. Clydesdale. Yes. A horse though, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, gosh, but the most this... noble and wonderful of horses. Alrighty, so we are going to see uh, a one, two, he attacks you, and a three, four, he attacks uh, the oh, professor. It's all attacks? Confusion is all attacks now? You use all your actions to strike or cast offensive cantrips, though the GM can have you use other actions to facilitate attack such as draw a weapon, move so that a target is in reach, and so forth. Your targets are determined randomly by the GM. 
If you have no other viable targets, you target yourself, automatically hitting, but not scoring a critical hit. If it's impossible for you to attack or cast spells, you babble incoherently, wasting your actions. Each time you take damage from an attack or spell, you attempt a DC 11 flat check to recover from your confusion and end the condition. Sugar. Oh, sugar. So do you mind rolling damage against the professor, or rolling to attack the professor, please? I would love to roll to attack the professor, all things considered. Uh, <laughs> Claude. Ah, natural one. Natural one. Nicely done. Claude gets three actions. Well, okay. I mean, technically he only gets as many actions as I use to command him to take actions. But under the circumstances, yeah, it would make sense to me that he would just be attacked. Yeah. Um, Iterative attack penalty. Yep. 14 to hit, Rudy. Miss. Yeah. Wonderful. And no, negative three. <sighs> nice. Alrighty, the professor's turn. Whew! That show was close as the uh, professor uh, dives under uh, Claude's hooves. Uh, and uh, the professor kind of uh, rolls up and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, gesturing at Claude says, Claude, halt! Go back to your stables. And he's going to attempt to... Uh, uh, what do you call it? A uh, cast command on him. Sure. Uh, but what is what are the what's the text of command? You shout a command that's hard to ignore. You can command the target to approach you, run away, release what's holding, drop prone, or stand in place. It can't delay or take any reactions until it has obeyed your command. The effects depend on the target's will save. Okay, so it used to be just a one-word command. This is a simple thing. So you're saying go to the stables. Yeah. Yeah. Go to bed. That, uh, I'll say that. That's fine. <laughs> okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go bed. Claude! Go bed. Retire! Oh, wait. He won't know what that means. Go <laughs> to bed! He absolutely knows the word retire. He is a well-educated individual. Give me a... He he doesn't speak... It's it's language dependent. Really. It doesn't say it is. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Wait. Hold on. Yeah, no, it has the linguistic trait. Rudy, the professor would know that you don't cast that spell, I imagine. Sure. What does he do instead? Well, just have to produce flame and kill him. Uh... <laughs> Rudy, if you lean into the wagon and look at the pods, you recognize something that you might be able to disable. Give me a thievery check glancing into the wagon. All thievery right. or nature, depending on which ones, uh, you would be better for well, you. Well, that'll be thievery. So let's see... That is a 16 thievery check. A 16 thievery check? Yeah. You you reach in, you think you see the part of the plant that needs to be disabled, but you're not able to get a hand around it. Claude's bucking and kicking and screaming. You're not able to do it. That is your first action. Second action? Trapped. Uh, I'm, can I, I'm going to try and slip into the, um, into the wagon. You're going to go into the wagon. Absolutely. So a move action is your second action. Do I need to roll anything to get around uh, Claude? No, that's fine. The the thievery check. We're gonna we're gonna swap the order here, and that was actually a two action check to try to disable a device. Is effectively what you're doing. So you move, you attempt to disable it. That is your turn. Andruk, what's up, bud? Yeah, uh, Druk's gonna um, draw his bow for his first action, and then book it to the northeast to to support. 
his two squishy allies, muttering about how they should have taken his shield when they have the chance. Yeah, absolutely. It's getting a little tight up there. The professor is in the wagon. Leighton is just outside. Claude is at the door, very confused, potentially hurt emotionally. Sven, what are you doing? Uh, Sven is still running over towards the noise. Um, 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 um. So Sven, uh, just south of the action at the Kanbali's wagon, moves a little bit, or mostly north and a little bit west. About yeah, to try feet? to get to the side, uh, seeing kind of the commotion around uh, the front of it and everything circles around the back just to see if anything is uh, coming out Yeah, from beneath it, the back entrance or whatever. Nothing nothing coming out from behind it? So that, was that a double move or two move action? Uh, that would have been two moves, yep. And then, uh, and yeah, he's also going to call out for Eugene too, just to try to, to overspeak uh, Leighton's little voice that's like a flute. Yeah, absolutely. Is that the end of your turn? <laughs> yes. Yep, that'll be three actions. I am a sonorous <laughs> presenter to the masses. Said the flute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Sven comes over, checks the backside of the wagon, doesn't find anything, also calls for Eugene. Top Eugene, get your bear-loving ass over here. Eugene, no perception check uh, necessary. Roll for initiative. Drown. That's good. 23. Excellent. Pop that in there. Yeah, yeah. The trap is going to act again. The trap is going to begin attacking at random. It can see the Professor, Leighton, and Claude. It's going to range one attack at each of you. Boop, boop, be doop, boop. Claude, the Professor, Leighton. Claude is a 25. Leighton is a 15. And the Professor, Leighton is a 14. And the Professor is a 14. Miss the Professor. Hits Claude, misses Leighton. Excellent. That is going to be one point of poison damage, and can I get a will save from Claude, Maddie, please? Two for a total of a seven for Claude on that will save. Will is going. Uh, he's going to be confused. He's going to remain confused. Final uh, attack is going to go against one of the three of you, rolling a d6 to see who it is. That was. It gets four attacks. Yes, there are four pods, and <clears throat> that is a three. It's going to be attacking Leighton. I did question the GM. Natural one. Was on a 19. Rolled back to a natural one. That is the trap's turn. Not too much damage, though the big horse is still pretty fucking confused. Leighton, it's your turn. Um, Okay. Uh, Can I tell, are these clouds something that could be blown away? Um, these clouds, as it is right now, it's dispersing already. What's going on, like the attack, you don't think it would be super easily blown away. It looks like a, a standard ranged attack. It's like... Understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like, it's directed more than it is atmospheric. Yes. Got it. Okay. Um, Leighton is going to... Oh... Clods, stay calm. Hang on. And then mm, gathers a like sleep ball in his hand and says, give me just a little space, professor, and tosses it because the professor's not in the wagon yet, right? Mm-hmm. No, he is in the wagon. Fuck. Never mind. Uh, instead, Leighton's going to say, oh, I could have used a little space there, professor, but that's okay. Um, and spreads his hands and an electric arc like swings over in between the two of them and then he 
slings that across um, and is going to hit two of the pods with electric arc. An arc of lightning leaps from one target to another, dealing electricity damage equal to some stuff. Um, they get a reflex save if they have reflex saves. Basic reflunge. Alrighty. That's bunch. Okay. Natural 20 on one, 16 on another, and then two fails. Uh, I only hit two of them, so I'll just take the first two, I guess, who succeed. Uh, no, fuck it. We'll reroll. Or one and one. No, we'll just reroll. Ah, that is a 14 and a 15. Fail, fail. Uh, Those two pods each take six points of electricity damage. Um, And then Leighton is going to step away. He's going to kind of get behind Claude um, next to Andruk and say, No, kill those orchids. They're fucking with my horse. (laughs) Uh, and then does Claude have to attack people? Yeah, it's going to be you or Druk. Odds, Druk, evens, Cole. Sure. That's a three. Horse is going to take, or Claude is going to take a move action to get up in Druk's business. Give me an attack. Twelve. It's a miss. Claude, I thought we were cool. Uh, and another one against Druk, Sam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That is an 11. Miss. Miss, miss. Wonderful. Excellent. Eugene, it's your turn. Cool. You're over there cuddling with the bear. Right, so... And you hear pandemonium and people yeah. screaming your name. Yeah, so Eugene's going to look at Bardolph and be like, Hey, homie, we're going to talk this out later. And then he's going to run to right here. Uh, that's my full turn. I already measured it out. That's how far I can get. Three full moves. Three full moves. Heard. That is a professional turn right there. Well fucking done. Well donked. The professor, it's your turn. Excellent. So the professor is again going to attempt to dismantle this poisonous sporous plant. Excellent. Give me and a what am I see? What is he seeing when he's in there, Sam? Like, is it just like the whole room's cloudy and he's trying to? see through the spores on this plant it's it's somewhat cloudy what you're seeing are the pods that are caked in pollen that it is like undulating and pushing air past the pollen pod directly at the creatures who are being attacked That's and you know what 21 sorry yeah no that is a success boom you dismantle one of the one of the pods you snip it off. You have one action left. Oh dear me, just one. Uh, yes. Uh, I'll uh, take out my dagger and try and hack at another one. Was that a two action? That would be interact to draw and then attack would yeah. be a third action, yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to think what I can use my last uh, action for. Can you do another theory? This is actually asking for my turn as well. Can I, is it possible to do another theory? No, because the disable a device thing is, a, is two actions. Two actions, got it. Okay. Yeah. Not a lot of one action shit to do. You can move? I guess I didn't expect to get this far. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll move deeper into the wagon <laughs> to get to the other pods. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna theater of the mind this a little bit. I'm gonna. Yeah, say yeah. That. No, like uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, like so, like I'm imagining that like he's 
he disabled like the first pod, and now he's like trying to get to the other two that are spread out in there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So you move over to the next pod. There's room for. He's other got his little his little way. shirt up over his nose. Mm-hmm. Next up, we've got on Druk. Druk, what's up? So um, just to be clear about what I'm seeing, the electricity has damaged two of the buds, but they're still up or they're still active. And there's one that's that's not been like hurt or disabled. Yeah, so the professor was going to work on two on the southern side of the mm-hmm. cart. Leighton targeted the two that were a little further away from his ally, right? So he sure. targeted the two to the north. Rudy has disabled one to the south. Great. There's right. another one to the south that is still looks like it's still firing. Same for the two up north, though they have taken some damage. Great. Um, I'll get into my point blank shot stance uh, for my first action, and then I'm going to take a, a take aim and shoot at the closest north bud. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so here we go. Uh, last roll twenty, which is fun. So it'd be wow. a twenty-nine total. 29 that yeah. is a critical success oh, dude Killer. he's about to roast that bud um <laughs> all right i hope you're I ready know. professor because that bud's about to flame up um, <laughs> plus, four is 10, oh, yeah. plus 10 plus a d10 sorry uh d10 18 points of damage oh my goodness 18 points of damage <laughs> some serious damage there Still up. Fucking hell. Um, I'll take aim and shoot again. Uh, It's going to be less. It's going to be 14. All right. Um, That's my turn. That is your turn. A good turn. Some serious damage done. Straight through it. Seems like it's hitting some vital stuff, but the plant is still alive. Sven, it is your turn. Uh, Would you say there's still enough room in the wagon for Sven to also get in there alongside the professor? Absolutely. Cool. Uh, I'll use a move action to get in there mm-hmm. and then drawing uh, the sickle. Um, he's going to take a swing. Yeah. So that's a move and interact unless there is a quick, unless there's a feat or a, a, an aspect of the fighter that allows you to draw while moving. I don't think that that I is I don't the believe case. so. Yeah, I didn't see anything in there. No sweat. Swing away. Alrighty. Uh, all right. That's going to be a 26 to hit. 26 to hit that is a hit not a crit very close yes yes um and that will be for eh, five points of slashing five points of slashing okay you think that uh not all of the damage from that arrow or from your slashing is going through almost all of it is but it's almost like this plant is an object as opposed to a creature so it's got a little bit of hardness mechanically Mm. but most of your damage did go through. Nice. That is the end of round two. Some damage have been done to the ones on the north. The professor has successfully disabled one to the south. Top of round three, it is the trap's turn. It's going to attack the professor and spend for sure. Oh, dear me. The professor, that is a 24 to hit. Oh, that'll hit him. That'll wipe his little ass out of here. Spend, that is a 15. Uh, that'll miss. That will miss, won't it? All right, uh, Professor, that's six points of damage. Can I get a will save, please? Oh, certainly, certainly, Sam. Let's confuse the little bastard. Clear. Oh, no. That's a 10. That's a fail. 
you are going to be confused on your next turn. And you, I'll, I'll let you know right now, you're going to be attacking Sven if he's still on the trip. <laughs> and you're going to be using Produce Flame. Uh, next up is uh, the Pollen Pods, because it's still their turn. They're going to attack... Claude is still in range. Fuck it. Rolling rocks against Claude. That's a 26. Mm-hmm. That is going to be five points of poison damage. Will save, please. Fails it. Fails it. He's confused for another round. One more attack. I'm going to roll one, uh, one, two. It's the Professor. Three, four is Sven. That is a two. It's going against the Professor. That is going to be a 15 to hit, Professor. Miss. Miss. All righty. That's the trap's turn as, oh no, it doesn't get four attacks anymore because you disabled one of the pollen pods. It only gets three. You don't take that last round of damage. Nice work, Professor. Setting yourself up for success, though you're a little too confused to understand that right now. Leighton, it's your turn. Leighton is going to... God, I yeah, there's really very, very little he can do. Uh, he's going to cast... Leighton is going to cast another electric arc. Um, so that's going to be a reflex save from the two most damaged ones, please. Okay. That is going to be an 11 from the most damaged one and a 19 from the other. Uh, fail, then pass. And nice. That is seven damage to the first and Ooh. three to the second. Oh, ho, 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 And then uh, Leighton is going to spend... I know that this is a waste, but this is Leighton's life. Um, he's going to spend his last action trying to calm Claude down. Absolutely fails. Um, he's just so taken aback by being struck by Claude that uh, he, he's just trying to keep those reins in hand. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense to me. And it is now Claude's turn to attack people. And Claude will do so with gusto, except really not much so far. Can I attack Druck? 11 again. Miss you know, already. here's one nice thing, right? Claude is only rolling under five. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's confused. On all things, he rolls mm-hmm. under five right now. The next one, ooh, that's a natty 19 for a 21 to hit. That's a hit. That's a hit. All right, Claude is going to bonk you with his hooves for maximum 10 points of damage. Oh, boy, that's bad. Ouch, ouch. Oh, no. That's more than I thought you could do. He's a strong horse, but a natural two to finish it out. Uh, He whiffs you on the next one, even as the headbutt comes in, and boom, right on the nose. Woof! It's Eugene's turn. If I was uh, right here, Sam, would I be flanking? You uh, have heard these things described like as you've been running past. You believe that you may be of more use inside the inside the wagon trying yeah. to uh, give a nature check on this. So I'll cool. say that you can also squeeze in there and get to the one that's closest to the door uh, on oh, the boy. southern side. Let's do that, please. All righty, give me a nature check. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 21. 21 is a success. You recognize that if you just pinch off one small like vesicle on the bottom, it's no longer going to be able to... Uh, it's not going to have that sinuous motion that 
fluffs air past the pollen pods. So you pinch that very carefully, twist it, you've disabled another one. It's only going to be able nice. to get, the, the pods are only going to get two attacks now. Okay. Eugene, you are up there right behind Sven. It's the professor's turn. He's going to attack either Sven or you. Uh, lows, Morgan, highs, Sven. That is a low. So you're going to uh, attack with reduced flame. My man and yours, Eugene. Oh, uh, yeah. So the they'll just waves of psychedelic paranoia overcome the professor as he breathes in the spores. And, uh, and uh, he looks at you. I'm hitting Eugene, right, Sam? Yes. He sees Eugene and, and just hallucinates him as, uh, as uh, you know, a 10-foot-tall bear man. Just, oh, dear Lord, it's terrible to behold. And, uh, and uh, produces flame. Ah, this ought to miss you, so yay. That is a um, 12 to hit. That's a miss. That's big. Those are two of your actions. Rudy, I'm going to say that with the other one, you begin to try to start casting Produce Flame again, just to lash out at this gigantic bear man. That is your turn, burning one of your actions on nonsense. Andruk, it is your turn. Yeah. Is there still room inside that tent? Uh, I feel like they... We're filling up now with three people inside of there. So it's full? Mm-hmm. But you're bit, you're still able to catch a glimpse of one of the ones on the northern side pretty clearly, given your angle. So it's not. A, I assumed it would be co- uh, you know behind cover, but no. Um, it, I'm doing a little bit of that on my side, but you can okay. make an attack. Okay. Um, well, then in that case, I'll do that, making an attack at full. Um, oh boy, natural one, just real real bad. That's a miss. Uh, there's not going to be any consequences for it right now. You don't hit anybody. All right, I'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a three, so. Also a miss. Yeah, there's a lot of cover. You're worried about hitting your friends and you're just not able to connect. Is that all three actions? That's two of them. I think that Druk will, he's gonna take a few steps back. Sven, it is your turn. Yeah, Sven is gonna draw his Warhammer, uh, seeing that Slashing Lily did so much. Uh, and then we'll use the remaining two actions to double slice. Uh, ben, to be clear, you don't you don't think that any physical damage is going to bypass that hardness. There's just a certain degree of it's not dr to like slashing or bludgeoning or anything like that. Gotcha. You would have you would have clocked that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw and then double slice. All right. So swing with the warhammer on the brandish. That's gonna be sixteen to hit. Sixteen to hit is a miss. Okay. But then oh. following through with the sickle. A little bit better. Uh, that's going to be 24 to hit. With the penalty? With the minus four penalty on the double second slice. attack? Or did, does not double slice. Awesome. 24 is a hit. Nice. nice. <laughs> so 20. A little less impressive, but four points of damage. Four points of damage. <laughs> you finish it. It collapses. Yes. Deflates. <laughs> it's no longer an issue. Nice. You've got done. one more to the north. One more to the north. It's only taken six points of electricity damage at this point. It's the top of round four. It is the trap's turn. It has three options to choose from. We're going to go Druk, five, six, Svend, three, four, the professor, one, two, one. Coming at the professor again. Gotta love it. <laughs> wow, that is going to be a 15 to hit. 
That's a miss. Uh, you are no longer yeah. confused, Rudy, uh, and neither is the horse. Uh, Leighton, it is your turn. So Leighton, with his newly unconfused best friend, he's going to use one action again to try and get Claude the fuck out of there. Um, and okay, finally, I make the fucking DC 15 nature check um, and say, Claude, it's too much. It's too much. You're not looking well, my friend. You have to step away. And Claude will retreat. And then Leighton will once again use electric arc on whatever the remaining buds are. Right on. Uh, so that's reflex save from each of them. Only one, dude. All right. Five reflex fails. Save. Fails. Six points of electricity damage. There you go. Chip, chip, chip and away. Zaps away. Uh, and that is Leighton's turn. That is Leighton's turn. Eugene, you're up. You're in there. Another nature check on this final pod. Yeah, let's do it. That's very, uh, another 21. Another 21, absolutely. You see the exact same part of the plant. It's in a slightly different area. They're not identical. They grow differently. But you pinch it, snip it. It can no longer fluff air. That is all four dream pods down. We did it. You have defeated the trap in Myron Thunder Stendhal's room. Leighton. As you move towards the wagon, you peer around the side towards the woods that were being investigated by Andruk, and you see, slithering out of them, a snake, black from this distance, rearing up about 30 feet away from you, looking at what you're doing. And that's where we'll leave it for this week. Oh, fuck. Hey, and we have a friend. <laughs> awesome, 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 awesome.